This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. is 508. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And we're starting our show today with a question. Should the Malay translation of the federal constitution be the authoritative version? Now, this is exactly what AG Tansri Idris Harun proposed earlier this week in his speech at the opening of the legal year 2023. Uh, of course, to date, the English text for the constitution is the authoritative version that is used in our courts. So changing this would actually require the Agong's approval, and this is in line with Article 160B of the Constitution. Um, and that article actually gr- grants the Agong the right to prescribe such national language texts to be authoritative if there is, um, and if there's any conflict between the national language text and the English text of the Constitution, then the national language text will prevail over the English counterpart. So that's at least how it would work. However, in terms of the actual implementing of this suggestion, um, there have been a number of lawyers disagreeing, um, including constitutional lawyer K. Shanmuga, who pointed out that some Malay words would actually amount to amendments to the constitution because it would change the meaning of the words involved. Um, Fari Azad also pointed out that legal terminology in the Malay language is still relatively new and developing, and therefore um, this would add complications to this notion of adopting the Malay version, BM version of the constitution uh, instead of the English. Um, Hani Tan, meanwhile, uh, suggested that Malaysia should have a Malay version of the constitution as a matter of principle, but that the draft BM version needs to be updated and sent to the Malaysian bar and the public for their feedback. Uh, at this point, I, I'd like to bring up something that I found interesting in, in all the discussion around this, which is the kind of stringent and strong debates that took place in the drafting and tabling of the constitution at its inception. And this is, of course, not unique to Malaysia. Around the world, whenever constitutions are drafted, this is a serious thing. It's the backbone of the country's legal system. You do also have these exact things of people sitting down and talking about what they mean in these sentences that will then go on to be interpreted for for decades or centuries. And, you know, so it it is an important thing. And I bring this up partly to talk about... um, what Hani mentioned, which is the draft version, the need for feedback and discussion, um, but also as an entryway to talk about the issue of language and words, because um, as you pointed out there, Sharmila, that's the kind of central thrust of the disagreement here, that simply put, um, nuance is is a concern, whether single words, uh, single translations can accurately sum up uh, what is meant in the spirit of the constitution. So, Some have also pointed out the lack of regularity in the translation of the terms that were used in legal contexts, right? Which is, again, worth bringing up. For example, the word parent in Article 12.4 of the Constitution has been variously translated as ibu bapa, ibu dan bapa, and ibu atau bapa, all of which are, are different. They all, you know, kind of meet the term of parent, but in very, very different versions. Um, and so that's a, that has, of course, raised concerns on which one would then be the definitive term that best conveys the meaning that would then be used to decide or to argue cases. Yeah, so I don't want this to turn into an argument of should we be sticking to English, should we be using BM? Because it's easy to do that, but I think it's important to focus on why we're making those arguments. Because I... 
100% see and agree that BM uh, is our national language. However, when we talk about an, uh, a document as important as the federal constitution, uh, the word you use, nuance, right? Like that's actually really important because they can have direct impact on the outcome of cases. Um, and then those cases end up setting precedence as well. So there's a lot here in terms of if we're going to move towards um, adopting the BM version of our constitution, then has there been that process, that rigorous debate um, in terms of what are we adopting and is that is that comprehensive enough for our needs? So we're going to be exploring that after this with constitutional lawyer Andrew Koo. Uh, we'd like to hear from you though. What do you think? Should the Malay translation of the constitution be the official authoritative version uh, rather than the English version as it currently is? You can call 7733 send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bigotry Free Malaysia, BFM 89.9. It is 5.14 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. Uh, we're starting off our show today with a legal story, actually. It's a question of whether the Malay translation of the federal constitution should be the authoritative version. This is something that the AG is proposing or did propose earlier this week. We want to hear from you. What do you think? Should the Malay translation of the constitution be the authoritative version? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now to discuss this uh, is constitutional lawyer Andrew Koo. Andrew, thanks for taking the time and speaking with us today. Uh, thank you for having me on your programme. Uh, so firstly, you're on record as disagreeing with the proposal, saying that it's safer to continue to rely on the English text. Um, can you talk us through this? What are the concerns here? Um, well, let me be clear. I mean, as an ultimate goal, I think it will be very nice one day to have the federal constitution in uh, Basa Malaysia or Basa Malaysia. I think that's a goal that we can all agree on. What I disagree with the Attorney General is uh, whether or not this is something that can be done now or in the foreseeable future. And my concerns are several, but the main one is the fact that uh, the English language is a very uh, difficult language uh, in a sense that it has many subtleties and many nuances in the kind of words that are used. And so the federal constitution as it's currently written, currently drafted in 1957 language, has a lot of perhaps meanings that we have, we have not yet fully understood and fully explored. And so if we were to now just discard that and say we want to use a BM uh, translation of the constitution as the authoritative version, I fear that we will not have fully incorporated, fully understood, uh, and fully encapsulated and captured all the different shades of meaning which are currently in the English language version of the federal constitution. What kinds of cases are most likely to be affected by this? Well, it's hard to characterize. Uh, I mean, the, the, the two most common examples that have been quoted are in relation to uh, one is on uh, parental rights and um, unilateral conversion of children when one spouse in a marriage converts to Islam. Uh, and so there's this issue about how do you correctly uh, interpret or correctly translate uh, parent or guardian. And so parent has been mistakenly uh, translated as Ibu Bapa 
Ibu Dan Bapa, Ibu Atau Bapa. So which of the three is actually the precise and correct one? There's another that uh, my, uh, my friend at the bar, Shanmuga Kandasalingam, has uh, mentioned. It's about professing the religion of Islam. So, but I don't want uh, your, your listeners to get the impression that it's only about issues of freedom of religion. There are other things, like for example, uh, when there were contestations about the powers of the Attorney General, we go into Article 145 of the Constitution. Uh, every time we go into an article of the Constitution which we have not yet litigated, we find new things. We find things that we've never seen before or we've never really appreciated before. And this is while it's still in the English language. Imagine if we then you know, moved to the Malay language, we would have lost all these nuances and all these subtle uh, shades of meaning, uh, which could impact on the kind of rights that the Constitution seeks to, uh, to give and to protect. So if we look then at the, the BM translation, I mean, when is it referred to in cases? Does it play a significant role in proceedings? Well, at the moment, because the federal constitution is in the English language, courts will look at the English language uh, version of the uh, federal constitution because it's uh, considered authoritative. But I have come across uh, university professors I've come across university students, law students, who uh, are lectured in the federal constitution in the Malay language. And so they are already on the assumption that uh, Malay is, uh, the Malay language version of the constitution is operative. And they, they make uh, statements and, and they base their arguments using the, the Malay language, which is at the moment incorrect. So... I, I'm not so concerned at the moment about the courts referring to the BM version because they don't. But I'm concerned about how we are teaching uh, future lawyers and future law professors about the Constitution if they don't understand the, uh, the richness of the text of the English language. This may be coming from a layperson point of view, but um, I was curious as to how and when the BM translation of the Constitution came about. Well, um, there is an ongoing um, process of making sure that all our laws uh, are in both the English and the Bahasa uh, Malaysia uh, version. So those are in terms of the laws. So any law... Uh, for, I think for several decades now, any law that is uh, passed in Parliament uh, has two versions, has the English version and the BM version. And along the way, um, as, as is, I would say rightly for a, for a country like Malaysia, uh, looking to stand on its own two feet and be proud of its national language, um, the Attorney General uh, uh, Chambers would have begun to be looking at uh, translations of the federal constitution into the Malay language. But there have been several versions of it. Uh, and from time to time, uh, you know, when we look at the Basa Malaysia uh, version, we end up with, again, as I said, those uh, earlier uh, inaccuracies of translation, which gives, uh, give us cause of concern that uh, we are not getting it quite right. 
So many of the lawyers who have commented on this have referenced the rigorous debates that took place around the drafting of the federal constitution at its inception about, you know, wordings, meanings, all the rest of it. Uh, Can you tell us more about this? How was the constitution and specifically its wording debated and discussed at the time? Well, the constitution or the, the, the work of drafting the constitution, which was eventually adopted, was given to a commission headed by Lord Reed, who was a, a British uh, law lord. And he had with him uh, a few people, some from Australia, some from the... From, there was a judge from Pakistan. There was a judge from, from uh, India. Um, and they basically drafted the uh, federal constitution. Uh, and offered that to the government of the day, uh, the, the colonial government of the day, and there were consultations with all the stakeholders, the political parties uh, and, and other uh, stakeholders. And eventually the text of the, the English language text of the constitution was that which was included in the uh, laws that were passed by the British parliament uh, to give us our independence and constitution. So the original drafting was in English and all the the people who were involved uh, worked in and wrote in the English language. So then when we talk about making changes to it, whether in the form of amendments or translations, what sorts of discussions and debates would be needed and who should be involved in these? Well, I think certainly, uh, again, the stakeholders should be involved. But I think now uh, in, in this day and age, the, the, the idea of stakeholders needs to be expanded to include uh, you know, all sorts of different uh, groups of people. So it's not just the, uh, the government, it's not just parliamentarians, it should be the lawyers, it should be uh, linguists who, in order to make sure that, as I said, the different nuances, the different meanings, or the different possible meanings, the shades of differences, uh, to, to make sure that all these are adequately and correctly captured in any translation. And then for a while, perhaps, you know, the Malay version should still not be authoritative and it needs what I would say is stress testing. So we need to see how well it can do when it's exposed to rigorous debate and and legal inspection. And then perhaps after that time, after some time of it being uh, used, uh, then we can perhaps have more and more confidence that the BM version uh, is uh, strong enough, is correct enough uh, to be able to be adopted. But I don't see that happening uh, in uh, a very quick uh, uh, pace of time. So on the subject of legal terminology in BM, uh, lawyer Fari Azad said, and I quote, I do not think it is developed or complete enough to replace all the words in English whilst retaining the nuances of the English words or phrases. We are still developing legal terminology for the Malay language. It is far from settled and established. Um, So I I wanted to put that to you and firstly ask how you'd respond to that. And secondly, with that in mind, uh, what would be required for the BM version of the constitution to truly or accurately reflect the spirit of the document in English? Well, I would certainly uh, agree with uh, Fari Azad uh, 100%. I think, you know, uh, we have uh, Dewan Bahasan Pustaka as the repository of the Malay language uh, in Malaysia. They have come up from time to time with what they call the istilah perkataan or daftar, uh, you know, uh, undang-undang. So they've come up with uh, Malay language uh, legal terminology. Uh, 
but again, it, they're doing it from a linguistic perspective and it still needs to be seen whether or not this kind of interpretation uh, is actually accurate enough or comprehensive enough, as Fari Azad says, to capture all the different nuances or the different meanings of the English language text. So I think that's where we are at the moment. We're still developing those, uh, those uh, terminologies, those in, in translation. And we are not yet at the point where uh, we can safely discard the English language text and rely wholly on the Bahasa Malaysia text. And on a related note then, would this also necessitate updates to the constitution to move it away from archaic terms? Well, I think that's a slightly different issue. Uh, the idea of modern uh, language usage for legal terms is something, is a phenomenon that is gaining currency so that, you know, lay people can understand it without having to go through all the legalese. But again, there's some things that cannot be so easily reduced to uh, plain meanings and plain, uh, plain language. Uh, legal text tends to be a little bit more uh, sophisticated than that. So I think that's also an ongoing challenge. But, and these may well be parallel issues, but it should not take away, it should not detract from the main challenge that we're looking at at the moment. And that is whether or not uh, a BM translation of the constitution uh, is something that we are uh, ready for at this point in time. And my, my short answer to that is no. So in closing, um, have we seen other countries translate their constitutions and then, and then use that as the authoritative version? And is there anything we can take away from that process? To my knowledge, in terms of a uh, text that has been initially drafted in English, uh, so we're looking perhaps predominantly at most of the former countries of the, uh, or who, that were colonies of, of, the, of, of the UK and now members of the British Commonwealth, they still very much stick to the English language text. Um, they may have parallel versions, but again, when it comes to which is the authoritative version, it tends uh, to be the English language because, as I said, that's the one that the original language of the constitution was drafted in in many countries. That's the one which has all the, the richness of meaning and, and, and uh, con legal concepts. And so I don't think they've tried very much to, to stray away from that. Perhaps one of the countries that has done that is uh, Burma, Myanmar. I mean, their original constitution may well have been in English because they were a former British colony, but now it's in, in, in uh, Burmese. Uh, but, you know, I'm not sure that that's the perfect model that we want to follow. Andrew, thanks so much for speaking with us today. You're very welcome. That was constitutional lawyer Andrew Koo uh, talking to us about a proposal from the AG Tansri Idris Harun for the Malay translation of the federal constitution to be the authoritative version or for there to be a translation that then becomes the authoritative version. And we're asking you whether this is something that you'd like to see. What do you think? You can call 7733 send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, we do have a message on this from Subra, who's echoing, I think, many of the points that were raised earlier. 
So Subra says, the federal constitution was drafted in English in 1957. The English language used is legalese and incorporates concepts of governance principles, relationship among institutions, federal government and the states based on English law and constitution. The Malay language legalese has to be developed before laws passed by parliament can be fully translated into Malay. And yeah, you're right, that's that's similar to the argument a lot of lawyers are making as well, that we first need to have um, the nuance of language, particularly when it comes to the law, before we can um, translate the federal constitution meaningfully enough. Yeah, I think the word meaning is doing a lot of heavy lifting there um, in terms of what we actually want to what we actually want to to get at, uh, Andrew earlier said uh, richness of meaning, and I think that that's an important kind of phrase to hold on to in this discussion. Uh, let us know. We're talking today about a proposal that was put forward by the AG, that there should be a Malay translation of the federal constitution that is then the authoritative version that is used in our courts. We'd like to hear from you. What do you think? Again, those numbers. Um, it is double seven double three two nine hundred to call. Uh, you can send a voice note to 018-789-8899. Uh, you can also send us a WhatsApp there as well and tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.